catch your attention. So praise the Lord, everybody. My name is Michael. On behalf of the Saints here at CAC, I want to welcome you home. Thank you for taking time out of your afternoon to be with us. If this is your first time here, you should have or you will receive one, our, one of our guest experience cards. Church, if you have someone with you, help them be successful, take them to the booth, get their information so we can give them a gift. We want, we want to be a blessing to them today. For announcements this week, are you ready? It's a scroll because it's camp season. Parents, children's camp, June 19th through the 23rd. Hyphen camp, June 30th through July 1st. Youth camp, July 3rd through the 8th. Ladies retreat is July 13th through the 15th. Family camp, July 17th through the 21st. If you are needing any financial help to send your children to camp, please do not hesitate in reaching out to Sister Becca Spooner. Core Ministries will be meeting tomorrow at 6.30. Life groups will begin July 12th. The Lost and Found Children's Department is hosting an Apple of My Eye painting class for school-age students and children. This will be held June 15th. Please sign up with Sister Kleiner. Dad Fest. Hoo -hoo. Hap happening next week, right? Father's Day. Hallelujah. We missed it last year, so we're going to go big this year, brothers. Friday night youth service begins at 7.30 with prayer at 7.15. Can we all stand to our feet? We're getting ready to go into prayer right now. Brother, Brother Mike. Praise the Lord. We are a church that's on the move. Amen. Uh, we're going to go before the Lord. If, if you need a touch in your body, ask at this time to come forward if you'd like to be prayed for. If you can't come forward, would you raise your hand? The ministry will they'll come back and anoint you with oil and pray for you. But sometimes instead of Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Every 
bow Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever Lift up your voice and Lift up your voice and sing for joy Clap your hands, make a joyful noise Roll the trumpet and shout We praise Him for the victory the trios on our bombs and guns Worship is the way that the battle is won This is the way that we fight We praise Him through the victory I just can't stop Can't stop Praising His name I just can't stop Praising His name I just can't stop Praising His name Jesus Can't stop Praising His name I Just can't stop praising His name. I just can't. 
Every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord forever are become new is anyone new today is he making anyone new today does anyone have a reason to thank god oh let's worship him let's worship him This weary soul, this bag of bones. And I tried with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting, a vagabond. And just when I ran out of the road, I met a man. And he told me that I am not alone. He picked me up, he turned me around, he placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Hallelujah. I thank God now. I cannot deny what I see. Got no choice but to believe. All my doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends. To burden and bitterness, you just keep on moving. Though you're not welcome here. From now till I walk the streets of gold, sing about you, save my soul. This way return has found his way back home. He picked me up, he turned me around. On solid ground, I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because He healed my heart, He changed my day, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. Another one, I am free. Oh yes, I am free. Oh yes, I am free. Hell, 
I can never repay what has been done, but I can give you my very best. I can give you my best praise. I can give you my best worship. I can give you my best hand clap. I, I can give you my best shout. I can give you my best dance. I can give you my very best worship. I can give you the very best of me today. giving 90% and living on 10 because the Lord had blessed him so abundantly that just the 10th that the Lord that he kept was well enough to keep a great lifestyle in this world. You can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. And I will tell this church that giving, giving is one of the last great things that Satan keeps from us, whether it's our time or our resources giving of ourselves, giving of our resources, our time. And, uh, and we're not hurting. The Lord's not saying, man, i got to stop paving these streets up here with gold and i got to go to asphalt. We're just simply giving an opportunity for us to have a blessing. So if you can come, we'll just have you march right down the center. If you want to return on the side, you can do that. But come and let's, let's give cheerfully unto the Lord today. We thank you so much for being here. Lord, bless this offering and see that it goes to your intended use. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, 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 hallelujah. For anyone who's ever seen the mountain of their sins just disappear. For anyone who's ever felt the hand of heaven reach down through their fears and dry their tears. For any life once empty now finds the life full of song, victory song. Then you'll understand the reason 
the way the saints of God may carry on. So when, when I shall know I shall from a heart that's been washed clean, when I run, no one run, from a past that's been reading to the world, there's just no telling what you're gonna do in that moment. knows the hope that keeps them moving on through troubled days for anyone who knows they've got a future and I hope beyond the grave every life's a different story how he led us out of darkness into There's no way to keep us out. them moving on through troubled days for anyone who knows they've got a future and I hope beyond the grave every life's a different story how he led us out of darkness into Washed clean when I run For the past has been reading the world There's just nothing what you're gonna do In that moment Jesus gets a hold of you Aren't you glad he got a hold of you? My past he raised My name he changed this testify Past my name, he changed his testify. My past, he my, name. my name, he changed his testify. My past, he Testify. 
past erased, my baby changed with this divine. My past erased, my name he changes testify. My past erased, my name he changes testify. So when I shout, no one shout. From my heart has been washed sweet, when I run, no one run. From the past has been read. World, it might look crazy. There's just no telling what you're gonna do in that moment. In that moment, Jesus gets a hold of you. My past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. Oh, yeah. my past erased. My name he Jesus testifying. My past, my name, my name he Jesus testifying. I got a lot to testify. My past, my name he Jesus testifying. My name is Jesus testify. My past erased. My name is Jesus testify. So when I shout, no one shouting. From my heart has been washed clean. When I run, no one running. From my past has been
been redeemed. I'm going to the word of the Lord in the book of 1 Kings uh, chapter number 18. And uh, you can go to verse number 20. You know, uh, I want to say that uh, next week uh, or tomorrow, tomorrow evening, Monday, uh, stay right there, young man. Stay right there. Tickle the ivories. You know, the preacher can't preach as good if you don't have that music coming. We know that that's not true. But, but uh, I'm thankful for these young uh, students that are coming up. That are, and uh, I think we're still looking for a guitar player and a bass player. And so if anybody's learning from those things, our, our young students are learning that. We love to get you plugged in. Tomorrow evening, 6.30 here at the church, Core Ministries. Core Ministries is going to, uh, don't worry about this, this is all part of training. There you go. Don't worry about it, it's all right. He's got big shoulders, look at him. Core Ministries tomorrow night at 6.30 here at the church downstairs. We're going to be talking about criticism and discouragement. And if you're involved in Core Ministries, uh, you know who that is. This will be our third Also want to thank, give a thank to everyone who was able to come out to the camp this week and help in any way that you were able to. Uh, the work days and the things that happened, getting ready for camp season. Uh, and uh, the Lord willing, in a couple of weeks, uh, downstairs in the adult class, we will begin a series on the book of Revelation. And uh, I know it's a, it has been much discussed through the years, but we are going to look at some things that I just feel uh, need to be considered in the day and age in which we live. First Kings chapter 18, verse number 20, so Ahab sent out all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. I hope we can make a choice tonight. I hope that the Lord gives us that choice today that we can at least have something to say. Verse number 23, jump down there. There, Let them therefore give us two bullocks. Let's choose one bullock for themselves. Cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under it. And I will dress the other and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. Verse 24, and call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered him and said, it is well spoken. In other words, that's that's a deal. Let's, let's do that. Verse 38, if you'll jump down. Then the fire of the Lord, when Elijah had done his worship to the Lord, the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Verse 39, and when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Verse number 40, and Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal and do not let one of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishron and he slew them there. I want to minister something today that I feel the Lord will help us to encourage us today. I want to minister on a, a topic I've been wanting to preach for quite some time but hadn't felt to release until recently. Uh, and that is just simply on the subject of being armed and dangerous. Look at your neighbor and say, uh, do you realize that you're armed and dangerous? You're armed and dangerous. Hey, did you look at somebody and say it to them? All right, just want to. 
sure. Thank you, Lord. God bless you today. To our guests, we're so glad that you took the time to be here today. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you, young man. Armed and dangerous. Well, um, we read in our hearing a time uh, when Israel was led by a weak king. Weak leadership will always do you in. He was manipulated by a woman, and not only a woman, but it was a spirit called Jezebel. And don't read in anything else than what was is just there. All right, uh, but he was she was he was manipulated. This king was by a spirit uh, called Jezebel. The kingdom had turned from Yahovah to serve Baal. Elijah was. In the, in the vicinity, and he called a meeting at Mount Carmel to combat the prophets of Baal. And he did so in an effort to turn the people back to the Lord. You know, sometimes people don't willingly. I will say that uh, there are people who have walked away from God, or there are prodigals that are under the sound of our voice today, either in the church or in the building or online or on the radio that are listening and uh, they didn't walk away from God because they just, they wanted to, to the, all the trinkets of the world. They may have just walked away from God because of weak leadership. Or they may have walked away from God because they were, they, they, they were under the pressure and they were under the load. And, and they just, they buckled under it. They just didn't have the faith to continue. But many times we find that uh, uh, the man of God in this situation, Elijah just called this meeting in an effort to turn the people back to the Lord. And uh, we just read the outcome. The Lord answered by fire, and Baal was silent. But we also find that Elijah put all 450 prophets of Baal to death. And in 1 Kings 19, verses 1 and 2, Ahab told Jezebel what Elijah had done, and how he had slain all the prophets with the sword, and Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not your life as one of them by tomorrow at about this time. In other words, you killed them, then by tomorrow at this time, I want you dead. It's amazing that when you get up and uh, sometimes huff and puff that the enemy doesn't just roll over sometimes. It takes a little more than just a, a song. It takes a little more than just a uh, me saying something out of my mouth, there, there's got to be some follow-through because the enemy's not just going to roll over. Jezebel then dispatches her posse, and uh, she tells them to go out on every tree, on every, on every, on every, uh, every olive tree. I want you to post this picture. We're gonna, we're gonna throw this guy up there. I don't know what he looks like today, but we're gonna assume he looked like this. If my media person will help me. There's no picture of Elijah there. Okay, I apologize. Well, he's not up there. But anyway, just picture, just picture this picture of Elijah. You ever seen those wanted posters? You ever seen those wanted posters? You know, when you watch the gun smoke on the radio, some of them old, those old, so you got that wanted, wanted, dead or alive. Armed and dangerous is uh, this prophet Elijah, go and tack it on the trees and everywhere you go in every village, uh, I want you to consider him armed and dangerous. Elijah then becomes a fugitive. He's a wanted fugitive for crimes against Jezebel's kingdom. 
You know, if we consider very quickly what made Elijah dangerous, what, what made Elijah dangerous in no simple terms was that Elijah's name means simply that Yahovah is God. They were in the in the in the in the between in the, 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 the valley of decision of whether or not it was Baal or it was Jehovah that was God. And Elijah's very name, his mission was his name. And we, we want to line up with some of the things of God. Let what we do come to glorify the name of God above every other name in the earth. Out of nowhere, he showed up. He was not, verse number, chapter number 16, he wasn't there. Verse chapter number 17, he shows up. Do you know that Elijah is only mentioned in six chapters of the Bible? And yet he's considered one of the most armed and dangerous prophets uh, against the enemy, against the, the kingdom of the enemy that ever was in Scripture. But out of nowhere he showed up. I'm here to tell somebody in this building, there's an appointed time. You might be lying in the weeds, but God's got a time for you. God's got a purpose for you. And you might have just been going through the motions and you might have just been living consistently. You might have been living holy. You might have just been doing what God's had you do all of these years and all of this time. But God's got people that will come out of nowhere. I've got somebody that will listen to me. i got somebody that will have faith in me. i got somebody that they've lived holy. They've lived consistently. They've served me. They are mine. They're my bond servant. And they might not have their names and lights, but all I need is for them to be able to be used, be available. Just one time, let me get a hold of them, and they can show up out of nowhere and cause all kinds of havoc in the enemy's kingdom. One of the other things that made Elijah uh, very, very dangerous, armed and dangerous, was his worship. Elijah, his worship, his altar were all God's prescribed way. I want to encourage you that in the day and age in which we live, let us worship God his way. I know we got a lot of self-serving songs in the church today. We got a lot of self-serving songs. But I like those songs that mention the name of Jesus. I like those ones where I can I can sing it and I can lift up his voice. I can lift up his name while I'm singing it. Not something that is self-serving to me. I thank him for what he did for me. I'm thankful that love lifted me. I'm thankful that uh, that, that I can shout and I can dance. And I'm thankful that I can, I can feel tears of joy. And I'm thankful that God has given us uh, deliverance. Uh, but we need to worship him the way that he has prescribed us to worship him. In the day and age in which we live, you can come into the church and do it any old way. Not if you want to be armed and dangerous. If you want to be armed and dangerous, let's do this thing God's way. Let's worship him his way. Let's do it his way. And so on. You know, there's a surprising note that there's really not much mention of Satan in the scriptures. And, of course, I use the word scriptures the way that, the, that Paul used the word scriptures in reference to uh, everything from Genesis through Malachi. And uh, we don't find a lot of mention of Satan in those areas of the scriptures, with the exception of the occasional Elijah or Joshua or David or Samuel. Uh, things stayed pretty well status quo for Satan. Things just kind of went about, and he was about his business doing his thing. But then comes the arrival of Yeshua of Nazareth. <laughs> And when he showed up, things just started turning wrong for the enemy. When he showed up, he started wreaking havoc everywhere he went. He wreaked absolute havoc on Satan's kingdom everywhere he went. Demons were cast out. Sins were forgiven. Storms were calmed. 
the dead were raised. Broken hearts were healed. Confusion and emptiness gave way to peace and wholeness. The oppressed were set free. Everywhere that Jesus went, Satan suffered casualties. It didn't take long for the word to spread among the religious deceived. They begin to talk to one another. This man, Jesus of Nazareth, he threatens our hierarchy and he, he threatens our manipulative way of life. An emergency meeting. They had a staff meeting. Satan comes to realize that this man, this Yeshua from Nazareth, he stands to destroy my kingdom and everything that I worked so hard for so many centuries to build. So Satan decides he's going to debut his most wanted. Oh, hey, there's my man. There he is. There's Elijah. Attacking those on every tree. No matter where he went, man, he couldn't go anywhere. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. So he, he runs to the place where only the ravens can feed him. Jesus of Nazareth shows up, and he is wreaking havoc on Satan's kingdom. Everything that Satan had spent some 4,000 years to build, everything that he thought he had in his grasp, everything he thought he had in his hold, here comes this Yeshua from Nazareth. And he starts talking, and he starts casting out devils. He starts healing people. He starts, he starts giving people a liberty and, and, and freedom. Those that were tormented by devils, they are completely set free. And as I said, Satan probably decides to hold a staff meeting and says, we need to put out some, want, some wanted posters. This Yeshua of Nazareth, he debuts his most wanted. This Yeshua of Nazareth, he's wanted for crimes against the kingdom. He's considered armed and dangerous. Satan did it just like Jezebel. He had but one end in mind for Jesus. I want him dead. Only one end for this one. We got to get him out of here because he threatens our kingdom. However, being the creator, he knew the end from the beginning, and he knew not only that he would die, but that he had to die. I would ask this question today. Does anyone think that Jesus would go about destroying Satan's kingdom and doing what he did so that after he was crucified, buried, and resurrected, and ascended to heaven, that it would go back to what it was, or that everything that he accomplished would be over simply because Jesus no longer walked this earth. Please hear me today. The enemy does not want you to know what you really have in Jesus Christ. He wants you to be silent. He wants you running to the backside of the desert. He wants you hiding in caves. He wants you keeping your mouth shut. God forbid you get a little happy and you say, man, the Lord done some good stuff in my life. I'm going to give him some praise. No, 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 don't. God forbid that we start getting a prayer life. God forbid that we start fasting and seeking the Lord. God forbid that we start getting in tune with Jesus Christ, that we tap in to what he did when he walked the earth. Do we think, brother, that everything that Jesus Christ did, and we read about it, that simply because he is gone, that because he left this earth, that things are supposed to go back to how they were. Somebody tell me, do you think, do you think that Jesus really did it for that reason? Elijah's not supposed to be the only one on a water poster. 
Ah, hear me. Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua Messiah, however you prefer it. He is, uh, he is, he, he's not the only one that's supposed to be on a wanted poster. <laughs> Do we think that everything that he did would go back to what it was? Jesus, hear me, Jesus knew he was leaving. And he told him that he was leaving. But he also told him this in John 14 and 18. I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I will come to you. He also told him in Mark 16, 18, and I say also unto you that I will build my church, excuse me, Matthew 16 and 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He also said in Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give you power. And that word is authority. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can I plead to the church today? We need to start listening to the word of God and start believing what God said that we were and stop listening to the, to the guilt of our past or the guilt of our failure and understand that according to the word of the Lord, every born again believer is armed and dangerous. We, um, we got to be careful when you say you're armed and dangerous. I'm not armed and dangerous in myself. I'm armed and dangerous because of what he gave me. You might have a rich daddy. Let's say you do. If you do, let's talk afterwards. Of course, anybody that knows me knows. That's facetious. I'm just playing. But, but listen, you, you can walk into somebody and say, hey, I got a rich dad. I want to buy this boat. But if, you, but if they ask you, okay, how do you want to pay for it? Um, my dad's got all kinds of money in his bank account. You think, how much confidence, hear me now, how much confidence do you have that you're going to walk out of that store with that boat? Now, here's, now here's something. Listen to me. He doesn't, we don't want to go to daddy and say, daddy, I want this boat. And daddy just gives it to us because, because he, he doesn't want to, he, he didn't want to hear us kicking up our fuss or, or making a fit or, you know, give him that sucker because they'll start screaming or whatever it is. We don't, it's not about that. But if your dad says, listen to me, I'm going to give you something, son. I'm just going to give this to you. Not because you asked for it, but I'm going to give it to you because in this life, what I paid for and what I earned, I want you to have in your life. So I'm going to give this to you. Now, if you walked in there into that, into that building with enough money to buy that boat, you wouldn't have, you, how, much, how confident would you be that you're going to walk out with that boat? I'd be, I'd be pretty confident if you got it under the hood. I'm here to tell everybody and under the sound of my voice, when you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you went down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, you were given an authority. You have got, you've got something in the account. You have been given something where you can rule the day, where you can live for God. Listen, anxiety doesn't have to rule you. I'm not telling you it's not real. It doesn't have to rule you. That's what I'm telling you. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in oppression. God has already given us some things. And so I'm not going on my, what I've got. I'm going on what God gave me. That's why I'm armed and dangerous. I don't believe God gave those things to me, 
I'm no more than a child. I'm not armed and dangerous if I don't have faith to believe that God gave me certain things. Put this one in there. Put this one in your, your little study notes and, and ponder on it for a while. If the word of the Lord of his leaving was true, did he leave? I think I'm right about this, Elder. He left, right? If his word that I'm leaving came to pass, then everything that he said about and after his leaving is just as true. He didn't leave us to fend for ourselves against the wiles of the devil. Every born-again believer has been given more than enough to take the day every single day for the kingdom of God. We have been given more than enough. If his leaving was true, then everything he said that he would give the believer after he left was just as true. Ah, and if Yeshua is in us, if Yeshua is in us, then we have the miraculous with us all the time. Oh, now that's a tough one to believe. That's a tough one for us to grab a hold of, Elder. I'm just going to sit here just for a little bit and minister to you. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to help us. Now that doesn't mean we're going to walk around and prophesy the paint off the walls every time. But I'll tell you what it does mean. I don't care where I'm at. If Jesus Christ is living in us, I don't care where I am. I've got the miraculous with me all the time. Now, it's not in my pay grade to do the miraculous. I don't do the miraculous. That's God. But if God, but if somebody needs something in their life, and I walk up to somebody and they need a miracle, now, I don't have to. Here's what we do in our mind. We try to calculate, well, are you living for God? Are you... We're trying to do all these other reasons why we want to give ourselves an escape clause first. You know what? I'm going to let the Lord speak for himself, but my pay grade is to simply believe that God can do the miraculous, and I don't know why God, I, 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 I just don't, I don't know why God would want my resume to do the miraculous. I just have to have faith and believe that if he's living in me, then the miraculous is with us all the time. Oh, I'm putting this in, I'm painting myself into a corner here, Elder. How many have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost like they did? I'm not, I'm not talking modern, easy believism. I'm talking about how they got it in the Bible. It, it does make a difference, according to the book, the owner's manual anyway. And that's not self-righteousness. That's just simply, listen, we can't take, we can't take something that's not, that's not right and, and, and fashion it and form it and think that because we trumpet it that all of a sudden the Lord's going to honor it. He only honors it. He honors his word. He's going to stand behind his word. But everywhere I go, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if Christ is alive in you, then you have the miraculous with us all the time. Now, if we examine the biblical context of the miraculous, this is where we get tripped up. If we will examine the biblical context of the miraculous, you will find, you will find, if you look at the biblical context of the miraculous, you will find when Jesus did the miracles, when apostles did the miracles, it's that the overwhelming majority of it was linked with salvation. It was linked with salvation. If you look at the miraculous in the Bible, in its context, it was overwhelmingly linked with salvation. 
John said it this way in the end of his, of his gospel, chapter 20, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But what we did write, we wrote that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So the miraculous was to point to the life that was in Christ Jesus. The miraculous in the Bible was almost always, when you look at it, overwhelmingly, it was linked with the kingdom. It was linked with salvation. The miracle performed, according to John's word, we wrote those, that you might believe that Jesus was the Christ. He was the Messiah. And that by leaving, believing he was the Messiah, you might find life that comes through the Messiah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. In John chapter 6, Jesus stopped the miracles when it wasn't about salvation anymore. You read John chapter 6. And he turned from doing miracles to talking to them about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Because the miraculous turned from the life that was in Christ Jesus. They wanted the signs. And they wanted the life instead of the life that the signs pointed to. Jesus stopped the miracles when the miracles became about how it could make their life better here on earth. Please hear me right now. When they said, we want this, he said, you're not following me. You're not following me because you want me. You're following me because you were, I gave you the fishes and the loaves and you were filled. But hear me right now. You, I didn't come here to give you the miracles alone. I came here to give you the bread of life. I, the miracles are so that you would want the life that the signs point to. Can I, can I tell us something in the apostolic church? We, have, we, we, we become sign watchers. We, if we don't have the signs, then we give up, give up on the life that the signs point to. Please hear me. If you're, oh, my, my, my. If we're going through our Bible and we're wanting to get the signs, Lord, I want the signs, I want the signs. Here's what I say. Lord, if I never get a healing, if I never get the sign, I want the life that it points to. I want the life that it points to. Hear me. Because if we're not careful, if we're not careful, there's going to be a false Christ and there's going to be a false prophet that's going to rise up in the last days and they're going to be doing miracles. And if you're a sign seeker, guess what you're going to do? You're going to have your heart turned over and you are going to believe the lie and be damned. What is the lie? That life is in the Antichrist. Life is not in the Antichrist. Christ, the life is in the Christ, Yeshua, Messiah. That's where the life is. And I know, I pray for the miracles. I, believe, I know what the Bible says about miracles. I know what the Bible says about signs following them that believe. But you might want to study about what that believe part's all about. And we might want to find in the context of Scripture that when Jesus talked to people who it was the signs that they were seeking and they started coming after him, oh, my, 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 I'm, I'm plowing here today, elder. When they followed him and said, we want to make you king, they wanted to make him king because he could make their life a lot easier on earth. Hear me, it's not about this life. It's not about living good in this earth. And I thank God for his blessings. He'll add unto me everything that I need according to his riches and glory. But it's about the next life. It's about what happens after this rock is done. It's about what's yet to come. Oh my, my, my.
I prayed for that saint that God would heal him from cancer. And God did not heal him from cancer. I'm so angry at God. They're not. They're not. Oh, I understand that we have pains in this life. We've got to bear some things. But when they get over, blessed are the dead in Christ. Do you realize that dying, oh, hear me, oh, my, my, my. I know I am plowing against some bad spirits and some things that are coming up against the word of God. But dying is not a travesty to the kingdom, to people who are born again. It is a blessing. To be absent from the body is to be present. I like what Sister Vesta Mangan said. Don't, don't you dare threaten me with heaven. Now, we don't court death, but we're not afraid of it. And when I come to somebody and say, you, we have prayer for people. Do you need healing in your body? Yeah, believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm still believing for that. But I also know one thing. There's a sovereign God who knows exactly what we need and when we need it. And I know faith comes into it. I'm not going to try to decipher why someone is healed or why someone is not healed. But I will tell you this, that overwhelmingly in the scripture, that healings and miracles had were tied into salvation. I want to speak to this church and tell you, seek the life that is in Christ. Christ Jesus and let the miracles take care of themselves. Don't seek the sign. Seek the master. Don't seek the rest. Seek the Lord of the rest. I'm going to hasten to a close here. Praise God. If I don't see the signs, I still want the life. Can somebody can somebody say that with me? If I don't I if I don't see the signs, I want the life. I wonder, Elder, if there's some sometimes we're not receiving things from God because the Lord is telling us, listen, you got your eyes off of the life and you got them on the signs. And you get them on the signs, you're going to be a sign watcher instead of a life watcher, instead of a word watcher. I want the life that the signs point to. I want the life that the Lord said that I could have. We hasten to a close here. Picture with me in your mind. Hell's got a board meeting going on. Satan's called his top brass in. and I mean, he's been reeling now for a few years. You know, the last year's been, whoo, man, the last year, the acceptable year of the Lord, man, this year it's been, uh, Wow. Man, we've had all kinds of damage done to our kingdom. We got demons without homes, no place to go. They're wandering in dry places. He calls a he calls a meeting uh, discussing the issue of this Messiah, and uh, he says, "Is there any new business?" They say, "Nah, yeah, we got him out of here." You know, he resurrected, but he blasted off. He blasted off about seven days ago, and uh, things have kind of continued as they were. You know, there's not really much, much, much happening. Uh, kind of things are seem to be settling down. That's what Satan wants. He wants God's people to just settle down. And about that time, here comes a demon. He bursts into the room. <laughs> What's going on? I'm sorry to come in here, but I just want you to know that just about five minutes ago, there was about 120. And they're, they're, they're praying in this room over there in Jerusalem, and Jesus showed up. He said, what do you mean Jesus showed up? Well, not, not, not his body, but his spirit showed up. What do you, 
you know it was his spirit? I know his spirit. We've dealt with his spirit. We know, we know it was him. We recognize it was him. Well, what happened? Man, they, 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 they started worshiping and praising God. It spilled over into the streets. And then that, that, that goofy Peter, you know, that one, that bold one, that open mouth, insert foot kind of guy, he got up and he pulled out these keys. And I don't know if anybody else saw them, but I saw the keys. And you remember when Messiah told him that, uh, that he'd have keys? Well, he starts preaching and he starts telling everybody. He says, man, did he preach. And he told the people that the promise of the infilling of the Holy Ghost was for everybody. It's for my it's for dads, it's for their children, it's for their children, as many as are far off, as even as the Lord our God shall call. Well, what happened? There was about 3,000 of them that believed them, and now we got 3,000 Jesuses walking around. Anybody remember Job? Well, I just think turnabout's fair play. As this demon is speaking, giving his report, here comes another demon in. Hey, man, they brought those guys to the council, and they beat them, and they thought they counted it as joy. They beat him and told him, don't preach in that name. Well, what did they do? The second they got out of there, they started preaching in that name again. And you know, like Job, when this one's telling about this one, and this one comes in, your sons are dead, your camels are dead, here comes another one. Well, turnabout's fair play. That demon doesn't get done with his report, and here comes another demon. You know, we took James and we killed him, and we got Peter imprisoned. We had him there, remember? We, we, we moved Herod, and he took Peter, and, and he's got him in jail. But this angel of God came, and he opened the prison doors, and, 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 and then here comes another one. And, and they just had a prayer meeting, and the building, they just had a prayer meeting, and the building where they were praying actually started shaking and then here comes another demon. That Paul guy, he just cast me out. I was working good through that young lady and that Paul guy cast me out. Oh, does anybody have a positive report? Yeah, I got Paul and Silas in jail now just as you requested and now they're awaiting execution and then before he can get it out of his mouth, here comes another demon in and says, uh, um, He's silent, and he's hesitant, and he said, well, what's the issue, Satan says? And he says, well, you know that Paul and Silas, they, uh, they, uh, we got them in prison, but uh, they started singing. He said, what do you mean they started? They started singing, and they started praising God. We had them right where we wanted them, and the jail shook, and the chains were loosed. But here's the real travesty, Satan. They weren't just loosed off of them. They were loosed off all the prisoners. And this jailer and his house, they believed, and now we got them walking around. <coughs> what I am here to tell you is this, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> On and on it goes for nearly 2,000 years. A consistent blow of Satan's loss of his kingdom. And I would tell you that it, let me bring this in. It still continues today. One demon after another. Now I'm going to tell you something. There is a way for you not to be armed and dangerous. If you be silent, you're going to have awful trouble affecting anything in, in his kingdom. You've got to speak it. You ain't got to get out and give home Bible studies, but when the opportunity presents itself, you need to, you need to be bold and speak of what Jesus has done in your life, what Christ has done for you. And he doesn't really have much fear of those who are not his. He doesn't really have much fear of the weekend warrior where the only time they plug into the Lord is Sunday. He doesn't have much fear. It's hard to be armed and dangerous when you never pull out your weapon and you never use it. 
But let me tell you this. I believe there's some people. I'm standing in this thing to tell you. It has been prophesied and been preached over this congregation that there is an increase. There is an increase that has been spoken over this congregation. And I'm here to tell you that increase is out in the harvest. I don't know if you heard this, but I'm going to join with uh, Brother Urshan. You ever go, you go to a restaurant, you go to a restaurant late, lately? Yeah, you love that stuff? You know, don't know if you're going to have half the restaurant open and there's no cars in the parking lot, but it's a 45-minute wait because there's only one cook and two waitresses because that's all they, you know why they, you know what it is? They got a labor shortage, don't they? Anybody see, anybody see the labor shortage in the workforce? I'm going to turn this way when I say this, Elder. Oh, it cannot be said of us that there's a labor shortage, but Jesus already said it. He said that the, 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 the harvest is right. But the laborers are few. I am here to tell you under the unction of the Holy Ghost that it's a labor shortage that's preventing revival. It's not what God gave us. There's no less power in the name. There's no less authority in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a labor shortage. If you get out in the field, if you get out there and start wreaking havoc, everywhere you go, start setting seed, start watering seed, start talking about Jesus. Get out in the harvest. It is a shame for us if we got five piano players, but not one of them can teach a home Bible study. It's a shame that we got seven, eight, or ten licensed ministers, but the only time they open up the Bible and minister to anybody is inside these four walls. Oh, I, we don't have anybody to baptize him. I need somebody to disciple this young man. Well, I really can't. You know, I've got soccer on this day, and I've got this on that day. And don't read into what I'm saying. But at some point, we got to make the decision. Are we the Lord's? Are we serving Baal? Are we serving the world? Are we trying to do it that way, or do we want to do this thing God's way? If you get out there and you just do what they did, God will show up. Not everybody gives a home Bible study. I think we learned that last week so eloquently. Not everybody plants the same way. Some people plant certain ways, and they're, they, they can talk to anybody. I know some of us, you, you can talk to anybody. You get an elevator, and they can't wait for that to get out because you've been talking the whole time. And we, you can, we can just strike conversations up, and, and we did it at the ice cream shop last week, man. I seen how you worked in that Jesus tent revival. I seen how you did that. I seen how you did that, and I just kind of sat back and said, man, go get them. Not everybody does that. Some people just live a life before people. Some people just share a testimony. But everybody can water. Everybody can tell somebody they love them. Everybody can water. No matter where you go, you can be a part of that that waters that seed. Everywhere that we go. But I'm telling us that our harvest is out there. I just happen to believe that there's some people that in, this, in this congregation that Satan's taken an interest in. Whoa. I wonder if there's a... Who's, who, who's one of our wanted people? Who? Look at there. Now you look at that sweet face and you think, he's armed and dangerous? Yeah, yeah. We had him dead to rights. We had this guy dead. We had him bedridden since, we've got him bedridden since November. But then he just starts witnessing in this rehabilitation center. And before you know it, there's a worship service going on. And people are being prayed for. And now there's, now there's home Bible studies going on. And Satan said, 
You know who's armed and dangerous? The one that's out in the harvest. He doesn't have, listen, you can be on fire for God, but if he can contain it inside our little church, he's really not not too concerned about it. But you get it out there and get a hold of a dry soul, and you're going to get his attention. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a man. He's kind of doing his thing. He just, oh, I, I think we got another one. Uh, we've had, we've attacked this lady every way that the Lord would allow us to attack her. We've attacked her children. We've attacked her husband. We've attacked her finances. We've attacked everything. But you know what she was doing today? She was still praying. The, same, the enemy said she's still praying. And she's still worshiping. And she's still trusting the Lord. And she's still hanging in there. And she's still keeping the faith. Oh, and don't even get me started on this next guy. God forbid that this guy gets rolling. God forbid that this guy gets into his gifting and his calling. God forbid that these things take place. I believe we also have another guy in here. He was a prodigal that was running from God, but he came back home. We're going to keep our eye on this one. He's got a gifting. He's got a gifting. And if he ever lets it off the chain, we won't be able to hold on to it. You know what I like about these pictures? I like these pictures because we're just going through everyday life. And you know, that's how we spring the trap on the enemy. Stay living for God. Stay holy. Stay righteous. Stay prayed up. And you're going to walk into a situation that God said, I've got something in this man. I've got something in this lady. I'm here to tell you, Michael Crenshaw, you're armed and dangerous, and you may not believe it, and Satan may have you, may have us on chains, and he may be lying to us, but I stand in this pulpit as the, as, as the, as the, as the, and under the unction of God, as the shepherd of this church to tell you, you're armed and dangerous. Satan has lied to you. He has, oh, he has lied to you. He has lied to you. Listen, listen, apostolic Pentecostals. Do you know how a sinner can't get right to get God? You know how many times we battle with people that said, I don't know if the Lord can forgive me? And we, 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 and we tell them, you're trying to get good to get God, and we know that doesn't work, right? We're doing the same thing as seasoned apostolic Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled people. We're still trying to dot all the I's and cross all the T's before God can use us. Now, that doesn't mean we move the line. That doesn't mean we have a license to live how we want. No, we live under grace. And if I sin, I have an advocate, but I keep on going. And everywhere you go, listen, when you walk out of this building, you are armed and dangerous. Satan's got your number. Well, bless God. Oh, and then you got this little one. We've been tearing this little girl's life apart for years. We've been, we've been trying to attack this. We've been trying to attack that. Ah, oh, look at sweet little Ella. Ella Coggins. We got, we've, but listen, folks. Listen, listen, listen. He's talking in his boardroom. Don't let that, don't let that sweet smile fool you. Ah, uh, you get a child that'll believe in God. They can have a boldness and accept you become as a little children. You can't enter the kingdom of God. Ah. I don't think we have a picture of this guy because the camera was going to break. But there's a guy over there. 
There's a, when, when, when they come over there, oh, we do have one. Look, at she put him on there. There he is. We got Matthew Bell. Listen, he got, Satan says, uh, how's it going with Matthew Bell on that little, that little thing that the Lord let us in to kind of work in his life? How's, how's that going? Well, this, let me say this, uh, Satan. It's not going according to your plan. He's as motivated as ever for evangelism. He's on, he wants God more than he's ever wanted God before. Ah, and what about this next guy? What about that one young man that we tried to trap? Oh, yeah, well, the Lord brought him out too. What about that other guy? You know, his dad, he's kind of doing his thing, and he's bold, but he's a little more withdrawn. Yeah, he's involved in music now, and his focus is turning more and more toward Yeshua. And uh, what about that one family that was in the Fenton area? Well, uh... Uh, we had her where we wanted her, but then she went to Target one day, and some some believer had the audacity to start talking about restoration, and uh, and uh, well, as they say, the rest is history. But I'll tell you that her prayers and the prayers of that family have now spilled over to her father, who's been born back into God, and his and his stepmom, who last week received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, we're armed and dangerous. Satan doesn't want you to do what you were born to do. And finally, finally, then there's this guy. Well, we were on top of this guy. We were on top of this guy. We had him kind of just going with the punches. Had him just kind of going through the motions and just kind of existing. But then something got a hold of his heart. Something got a hold of his heart. And I'll stand from this pulpit today that if you looked up Christian in the Bible, you could see a picture of Steve Sims. Your brother, I'm telling you, you're armed and dangerous. You might be a reserved man, but I'm telling you, hell has got their eyes on you because you're armed and dangerous. And I could go on and on. I could go on and on and on. But for the sake of time, I wonder what is yet unwritten. What is yet unwritten? I say to us, stand with me. It is not mandatory that we be on Satan's most wanted wall. It's not mandatory that, that, that Satan's got you on his 10 most wanted. Hey, I think I did. Oh, I did do 10. I did do 10 people and didn't even realize that FBI is his 10 most wanted. Look at there. I just, well, Satan, someone's Satan's 10 most wanted. It's not mandatory that you be on his wall. But there should at least, we should at least be on his radar. There should at least be some chatter on the wire about our comings and goings. I'm going to say something to us in the scripture that we need to understand. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says that the, all the promises of God, all the promises of God are in him. They're in him, not, not him, in him. Well, they are in you. But all the promises of God are in him. But if you read the rest of that, it says, but they are by us. They're in him, but they're by us. In other words, God has to have a body to operate in. And you're armed and dangerous when we allow the promises of God to flow through us to be a blessing to others. 
They're in him, but they're by us. That's why we can't just be happy with what we're doing. I am telling you, I can almost see it, Elder. I'm seeing it faintly, but I can see a revival of the people of God in boldness where they will get themselves into harvest. Somebody's going to listen to this, and they're going to get into harvest. I'm going to make a... I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it standing here. I'm going to at least... I can make a promise. Well, I haven't said it fully yet, so they don't know what I was going to say. At least five people, I'm going to do it this week. At least one person every day this week. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do what the evangelist said last week that he does. I'm going to walk up to him. I'm going to say, how you doing, man? You know, I made it. I'm here. Don't worry. I got time to talk. I got time to talk. You tell him. Hello, how you doing? Listen, I'm a new church, such and such. The Bible say, the Bible talks, talks to us about repenting and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and we shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you one question. What would prevent you from, from doing that today, right now? I'm going to do that to at least five people this week. I don't say you boldness up, get up, but, I, but I'm just feeling it, I'm just, I, I need to, I need to sow some serious seed you heard the testimony of what he did last week to that, that gang that was at the picnic table when he went up and just did that, and they said man, I've been, I just got out of prison I told the Lord if I ever get out of here, I want to make my life right, he said, let's go right now and the whole table went you just never know somewhere with this. Get him up, get him high up there. Boy, I asked this question earlier and the guy said, I always do. Now me, I'm going to be honest with you. I never root for the underdog if I do not have a horse in the race. I never do. The underdog's not supposed to win. He's got no pressure on him. All he's got to show up, all the underdog's got to do is believe that he can win. No pressure on him. That favored one, that's where the pressure's at. You gotta battle fear. You gotta battle anxiety. You gotta battle, oh man, we're in an 0-2 hole. They beat us the first two games. Now the pressure's really on you because you're supposed to beat these guys. You're supposed to beat them down. And now the media's asking questions. Do you know that the favored person is the one who has to overcome fear? The underdog doesn't have to. But that person who's favored in the battle has to overcome anxiety and fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what if it doesn't work, what happens if all those stupid questions come into mind. And then you get tight when you play, and you get nervous, and you, then you make mistakes. I always root for the favorite because the favorite is the one that's got all the pressure on them. They're the one that has to overcome fear, and you know why? been in my spirit to always root for the favorite. Goliath had all of Israel cowering in their tents. He had a spear as a weaver's beam. His tip was, tip of his spear was 15 pounds. Ethan Hirsch, an Israeli ballistics expert, 
has gone on record and tested and said the average size stone slung by an expert will travel 100 yards in three seconds. So you give me an average stone with an expert sling thrower and he can travel that thing 100 yards in three seconds. At that velocity, it has the same stopping power as a 45 caliber handgun. David never was an underdog. Goliath brought a knife to a gunfight. You show me one place where somebody who trusted in the Lord was ever the underdog. They weren't when they stood on this side of Canaan to go over, but they believed the lies of the enemy, and they saw themselves as the underdog. But Joshua and Caleb said, we're the favorites here. I'm here to tell every person that will give their life to God, that will be his, that will, be, that will live for him. Oh, you might make mistakes, but we get them under the blood. I'm here to tell every born-again believer, every child of God that wants to be obedient to the will of God, you are never in any situation you need to hear me you are never in any situation that you come up against are you ever the underdog you are never the underdog here's what I want you to do I want you to find a place to pray and I want you to come to the Lord with that spirit I'm not the underdog you know, listen, Satan wants you to live on your guilt. He wants to condemn you to say, ah, oh, you've messed up. And, and, and he wants to keep you quiet. He wants to make you think you're the underdog. But I'm here to tell you, David never was an underdog. And Satan is never the favorite against a born-again believer. He is never the favorite. All he can do is lie to you and get you to doubt God. And if you doubt God, then your God, God can't operate outside of faith. I want you to come to this altar. I'm here to tell every born-again believer, every one of you young people, you can overcome anything the devil throws at you. You can overcome anything that life throws at you. I'm here to tell every mother, every father. I'm here to tell every grandfather. I'm telling every husband and every wife that you are not an underdog today. You are armed and dangerous. Go ahead and sing. Would you, would you come to this altar with that in your spirit? I'm not an underdog. My trust is in the Lord. There's an army. army. 